Welcome and thanks for joining us here at the Bethel Church Podcast. For more information about Bethel and who we are, you can visit us online at BethelChurch.info. We hope you are encouraged and that you find hope in today's message. Man, what an honor. This really is probably one of the biggest honors I've ever had in my entire life. And I thank you. I'm so proud to be here with you and before you today. A true, I would say, son, can I say that? Son of Bethel Church, a son of this house. And I'm so proud of this church. Every, some, when I go somewhere in town, they would look at me and they say, you're Steve Holder's boy, ain't you? I say, yes, I am. They say, well, which brother are you? I said, well, which one of us do you think I am? And then I'd ask him this question, which one of us is better looking? And they'd always say me. I mean, I'm sorry to the other Holder boys. They would say I was the best looking. And I'm just, I can't tell you how proud I am to be a part of a church that is so loving and so accepting. Ever since I came here and, and gave my life to the Lord and got saved when I was 18 years old and I just had the privilege to grow up during the, you know, those formative years when you're 18 and you're 19, you're 20, and I had it all figured out. I knew everything back then. And I had the privilege to just grow up under such wonderful people. And I do love y'all. And um, okay, I feel in my face. You know, my face is tingling. If you were here with us last Sunday to celebrate moms, was that not a powerful Mother's Day from our panel? Just hearing from the women of our church and the wisdom, I just thank you for all the voices that you guys have had in my life and uh, just mothering me. Uh, my mom was a little ticked at me, I'll tell you, last week. If you were here, you know, I shared a story about how when I was a kid, I didn't get my way, so I kicked my mom, and she got mad and kicked me back. And um, she said, I don't know why you tell that story. You didn't even ask if you could tell it. But if you're watching, I do love you, Mom, and I'm so sorry. I'm going to tell another story about you, though. So, uh, when my mom, when we first moved here, my mom went into a bank and uh, <laughs> she went into the, you know, you're already laughing, I ain't even told her yet. She went into the bank and, you know, she met the teller and she said, I really like the way you're doing your hair. She said, Where'd you get your hair done like that? And, you know, the teller, she kind of, you know how y'all ladies do, I can't. Just imagine. You know, she was like, well, let me tell you who did my hair. And she, my mom said, I gotta have my hair cut just like you. And so the lady said, well, this, this woman from my church, she's a hairdresser, she did my hair. And so my mom started going to get her hair done. You know, whatever you ladies do, what's it called, the fade or the bob? Um, I don't know, but you get the color in it. If I had hair, I would do that. I mean, if I had hair, that's what I would do to my hair. And um, so then I started, I did have hair and I think it fell out because I just processed it too much. So I started going to this hairdresser and I think she was concerned for the way I was living my life. She, I, I think she just, there was something inside of her uh, that just, just knew I was, I was far from the Lord. I wasn't living my life right. And she said, I, I want you to come to my church uh, and just try it out. Just see what you think. And I was 18 years old and I just moved here, didn't know anybody. So I went. And I gave my life to the Lord, and I, I was saved here. Um, and on Halloween, actually, it wasn't even a church service. You know, it was a, a kind of a hangout. It was a fear factor Halloween party, and the kids were eating crickets. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, God, what in the world have I come into? It was just weird. And, you know, I just think about that hairdresser and how if she would never have prompted me and, and just said, hey, you know, you know, while she's cutting my hair, would you come to church with me? Would, would you just try it out? I, I don't know where my life would be. I, I don't know where I would be. I met my wife here at this church in the youth group. 
in the youth group. So all my single young people, or anybody, if you're single, if we can take a poll now, this is the perfect place to find somebody. We can do a mix and mingle, a speed dating, rapid round. How about we do that? I'm just so thankful that, that, that she, she took her calling and her career serious enough. And I think if we're all honest, sometimes we get so caught up in our day jobs and we're wondering if we're really making a difference. If, if, if we're going to that job and, and we're just, if you're like me, you're like, what is my purpose here? Am I really called to this place? How is what I'm doing uh, moving the kingdom forward, making an impact? Because that's what we want to do. We want to take ground. We want to make a difference. We want to make our statement on the world and, and year in and year out, maybe you're, you're in another year uh, anniversary of your job and you're just wondering, am I really making a difference? You're wondering, what am I doing here? Did I make the right career choice? I think a lot in our day, we, we feel so, so uh, uh, down and we beat ourselves up because we say, if it's not, if it's not going viral, we're not making an impact. Because those moments on, on our job aren't, aren't uh, getting highlighted and, and shared by everybody. It's like nobody knows what we're doing, so we wonder if we're not making an impact. Turn with me in your Bibles if you have Exodus chapter 3. So if you're new to church, maybe you have a Bible app. We just go to the very front of the Bible and turn a couple chapters. It's Genesis, Exodus. In Exodus chapter 3, we meet a man named Moses. And Moses was, he was a Hebrew, and he was tending sheep. That was his job. He was just out in the fields tending sheep. He was a shepherd. He, shepherd, he shepherded his father-in-law's flock. And the Bible says that Moses was keeping the flock in the wilderness and he led his flock to the west. And the Bible says in Exodus 3 verse 2, and then the angel of the Lord appeared to him a flame of fire out of the mist. You've probably heard this story, even if you haven't been in church long. God revealed himself to Moses in the form of a burning bush, and he began to speak to Moses. Moses encountered God on his day job. He encountered God on his day. While on, talk about an on-the-job training experience. God manifests and, and shows himself, you know, Moses, I, I don't know, keeping sheep, it really doesn't sound exciting to me. You know, if you know anything about uh, even farming or shepherding or raising livestock, it's dirty, it's nasty, nobody really wants to do it. It's for a special type of person who has a special call on their life. And I, I imagine Moses probably felt bored at times and just like you and me question, am, am I really making a difference? You know, these aren't even my sheep, they're my father-in-law's sheep. Am, am I really gonna advance in my life? Am I really gonna get the core office, but in the boring and the mundane, God manifested. And I want to tell you, I don't know what your career is, what your profession is. The Holy Spirit wants to pierce right through and he wants to empower you every day on your job. Oh, come on. Y'all need to help me preach this. If you feel what I'm saying, I need you to talk back to me. Help me with this. It's not just another job. God wants to manifest in the mundane of that job and use you in a powerful way. If you believe it, shake your neighbor, say, get ready. You can have career dreams. You can have ambitions. You can have goals. The fact of the matter is, while Moses was being consistent and showing up every day and doing what he was supposed to do, God manifested in Exodus 4, just flip over another chapter. God is talking to Moses or having a conversation. I mean, how wild. I mean, do, do you ever just stop to think the things in the Bible that we believe, it's just trippy. It's like Star Wars or something. Like this man is talking to a bush that's on fire. 
I know it's crazy. Y'all believe some crazier stuff, though. He's talking to this bush that's on fire. And the Lord in Exodus chapter four, he said to Moses, he said, what is that in your hand? Look at your neighbor. Just look at him awkwardly and ask him what is in your hand. If you're watching at home, just look around at somebody. Look at your dog. Ask him what. Ask him what's in your hand. God, listen to this. God imparted onto Moses his calling, his destiny while he was on the job. He tasked Moses in Exodus 4 to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to set the Israelites free from slavery. You just read a couple verses down and Moses, he said, it's a staff that's in my hand. God said, throw it on the ground. So Moses threw his staff on the ground. The Bible says that it became a serpent and Moses was so scared he ran from it. Mm. I wonder how many of us are so caught up in the boring and, and, and the bland and the every day of the grind that we are running from the very thing that God is calling us to. Moses threw it on the ground. It became a staff and he got scared. See, I I feel like a lot of times we ask God, what is my calling? What is my purpose? And God shows it to us and we don't want to do it. You read a couple more verses down. The Bible says that Moses began to talk God out of it. He said, please, please, God, choose someone else. I, I, I can't talk right. I'm not well versed. I have a stuttering problem. Surely there's somebody else better to communicate this calling, this, this great task you've given me. I wonder if I'm talking to anybody in here who's talked themselves out of their destiny because you don't believe in yourself, because of your insecurities, because you feel so far from God, you don't feel like you can make a difference. Maybe there's somebody at home who is so caught up in what you've messed up in and the muck in the thick of it. You're, you, you're too far gone, that's what you believe, and you want God to ask somebody else to do it. I want to tell you right now, and you know it, God doesn't call the qualified. You look all throughout scripture. There's people who God called to do big things. He called them into their purpose, and they were not one bit qualified. They were not one bit deserving. You know this. God doesn't call the qualified, but what does he do? He equips the called. And I'm telling you today, I want your thinking to shift. I want your understanding of this to shift. I want you to know that you are called of God and God wants to equip you to do his work on your job, in your workplace, at your school, every day by the power of his Holy Spirit. Come on, some, I need some people who feel unqualified, some people who have doubted their calling to stand up and help me preach this because God is putting his Holy Spirit spirit power on you right now to manifest every single day so you can do what he's called you to do. Come on, somebody. Help me preach this. This is what I want you to understand if you're writing, taking notes. Everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. We so often call the things that God calls extraordinary, we call them ordinary. It was just a stick. I mean, come on, I could have brought a stick up here to show you what Moses used as a staff. It was just a stick. And God's power touched that staff and he turned it into a snake. You know the story. Moses went to Pharaoh and he delivered the people out of slavery. But we just, we, we get bored a lot. And I've got, you know, I told y'all I had some tricks in here. Let me start with this one. 
okay? Listen, I, I know we have a lot of teachers in here. We have a lot of homeschool moms and we have a lot of students. You know, this, these books could represent, be representative of any of that. You, you just see them, oh, I've got to crack open the book again. I've got to study again. I've got to prepare another lesson for these kids. They're, they, they're, they're so depraved. They're so bad. I, I don't want to study with them. I want to spank them. But God is saying these are not just textbooks to study. They're not textbooks to be taught, but he wants you by the power of his Holy Spirit in that classroom, in that homeschool co-op, cohort, what do y'all call them? To manifest his Holy Spirit supernatural power. See, I, I was raised in public school, so I really am not as smart as the homeschool kids. Homeschool kids are brilliant. They really are. There's something about them. You know, let me see. Okay. You know, you may, you may see it as just a stethoscope and you use it every day. You're taking the blood pressure, you know, you're, you're listening to the heart and, and, and you're, or you're, I don't know who else uses stethoscopes. Anybody in the dentist's office? You know, and, and you say, it's just, I put it on every day. I mean, they do it on the dentist's office. Y'all take blood pressure, right? Come on. And, and, you know, it's just, uh, we don't even think about it. We just throw it over our neck and here comes the next one. But God is saying in the spirit, you, you're listening to someone's heart, but supernaturally, if you have ears of the spirit and you're in tune to the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you can prophetically listen and minister to people through their hurts and just say, hey, how, how's your day going? Are you doing well? And, and open up that door to manifest God's power. Okay, let's see. Let's put it over here. Told you I had some tricks, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> you know, we just see this. Well, first, my first thought when I think of this, have y'all seen the episode of SpongeBob where he goes after the spatula? I know, that's, that's worldly. You see it as just a normal spatula and you're flipping burgers every day wondering how your, your minimum wage job is really making a difference and you're slaving over the grill and you leave and you smell like hamburger juice and hamburger grease and you go home and your dog's licking your clothes. Come on, I know what I'm talking about because I got the experience, but God sees this supernaturally as you feeding people in that workplace and being right in the trenches with them to love on them. Come on, help me preach this. He wants to anoint your every day so you can do what he's called you to do. Come on, church. You get it. You're getting it. Okay. Now this stuff here, I'm not, I'm telling you, I'm not qualified whatsoever to wield these. You can see the hammer's pink because it's not even mine. It belongs to my mother-in-law. I have no, I have no tools. I have no business with tools. My father-in-law, if, if I have to fix something, I have to call my father-in-law. It cost us double to fix what I fix. He said, he just finally said, please stop. He said, you're a gatherer. You're a gatherer. You gather the people who know how to do it. Please stop trying to fix everything. <laughs> But you use these every day. Maybe you're in construction and you're hammering nails and you're driving screws and you just see it as something ordinary. You don't even think about it anymore as you swing the hammer. But God is saying supernaturally, these can be tools to build a foundation of faith to build on. Come on. It's not just ordinary. Look at your neighbor and say, what's in your hand? Shake your other neighbor. Shake them. Oh, oh gosh, I pulled out the oh, Those don't go together, y'all. You know, this, some people, come on, this is yours, I think, actually. Your guys left it at my house. I'll get it to you after this. I got to use it for this. I thought you were coming up to get it. Don't come up and get it. 
you use it every day. You guys use it every day. And you just say, it's an old paintbrush. I mean, this one's sticky. It's sticky and it, it, it's, you can tell it's well-worn. It's been used probably hundreds and hundreds of times to paint houses, to paint businesses, and it has no spiritual significance whatsoever because we're just so complacent with it. We use it every day. We just kind of put it in the back of our minds and just go on autopilot. Is this even how you paint? Am I doing it right? And you're painting the trim and you're painting everything. And when I paint, I'm the bushes are painted and my clothes are painted and somebody has to come by and paint behind me. But God is saying supernaturally, you can see this as a, you're, you're, you're painting a blank canvas that's going to testify to the master, to the creator, Lord Jesus. It's not just another paintbrush. It's what's in your hand that God's called you to, that he's purposed you with, and that he's going to empower you by the Holy Spirit to use to transform lives. Come on, church. Help me preach. You, you're you're getting it. You're getting it. Now, this right here, I took from the pastor's office, okay? It's not a Bible. It's an it's a uh, uh, evangelical dictionary of theology, second edition. And this joker is heavy. I mean, if you hit somebody with this, you're going to do some damage. And I, I brought this because what I love about this church is ever since I've been here, the heart of this church is that everybody is a minister. Everyone. Not just the pastor or, or somebody who's uh, the guests who come in to preach from out of town. Everybody is a minister. But I just want to say, this. While everybody is a minister, I believe that God is calling some ministers to serve in church leadership. And he's raising up preachers and he's raising up uh, prophetic gifts to build the church and to serve in full-time leadership. He's, he can call you to that. He can release that on your life. So I, ha I, had, to, I had to pull that out because I, I think he's still doing that. And you guys see this. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know how to use this either, but um, I'm only good at one sport. That's football because I just take the ball and I just run as hard as I can and charge and, and plow down anybody. But you see it as just a soccer ball. But, but God is saying he wants to use you on that team while you're in that school. I know it's a, it seems like a talent and an ability that, you know, you just go play your games and it really doesn't make sense. You're a part of the team. Maybe you're not even a starter, but God wants to supernaturally set you apart to have influence on that team and to point them to creator. Come on. Come on. All right. Now this right here. You have such a talent and you have the ability and gifting for music and you can play an instrument, but, but you just see it as, oh, I've got to do another gig or I've got to play another Sunday. Here it is, Sunday again. I'm on the piano again. Where are you, you Pastor Gage? I'm on the piano again. But, but God wants to supernaturally touch those talents and abilities. He's given you an ear for music. He's given you a, a talent for the arts and creativity. I don't believe that the Grammys should be the most creative thing out there. I believe that the church should be raising up creatives in the arts and entertainment and the church should be the brightest minds and the brightest ideas. Everything is spiritual. Look at your neighbor and say, what's in your hand? I, I hope you're writing this down. I hope maybe you're writing down something that's in your hand, something that can be used. You, you, you see all of these items as just every day. You never even think of them. But everything is spiritual. But also, everything is unto the Lord. Write that down. Everything is unto the Lord. Going to the New Testament in Colossians 3.23, you probably have heard this scripture before. Whatever is in your hand, 
Whatever your hand finds work to do, do it heartily. As unto the Lord, we have to start realizing that what we're doing every day, day in and day out, whether we're driving a mail truck or we're taking pictures, we're a photographer, you are doing it as unto the Lord. I think that Christians should be the best at everything. We should be the best to do business with because when we go into that business agreement, we know that, that our word is locking us in and people want to do business with us. I believe that we should have the most clients. We should have customers flock into our business. We should have supervisors praising us as believers because the work ethic that we have and, and we are working as unto the Lord. If, if, it's, if it's not done heartily, it's done halfway, and you ain't no business doing it anyhow. People should look at us as the most brightest, believers as the most solid, trustworthy. But we don't see the spiritual significance of what's in our hand. There are people that God wants you to reach. Please listen to me. On your job, in your school, in your family, that if you don't reach them, I wonder, and I wanna ask you, who will? God's called you to do it. There's people that you're gonna go to work tomorrow and see that I will never see. I may never even know them. They may never even grace the doors of our church. But God is saying that it's time for us, and I believe our church has got this, to stop waiting for people to come in this building and take what's in this building, what we experience, and that is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if I have some Holy Spirit believers in here, help me with this, and take it out into the world. Take it out into the workplace. Take it to the university campuses. Take it to your customers' homes. Look at your neighbor and say, what's in your hand? We can get out there and we can get in the mundane of everything and let the Holy Spirit come upon us and manifest his power, his might. We can light up the darkness. We can love on the unlovable. Come on. What's in your hand? We can be faithful on our jobs. I believe that God wants to use people in this church to send them to city council, to send them to the General Assembly in Raleigh, to send them to Washington, D.C., and to give you that kind of influence. And when you go in these places, you actually go with a backbone. You take your backbone in there and you stand up for biblical values and you have conviction about yourself. Come on, if you feel what I'm preaching today, help me. What's in your hand? Shake your neighbor. Ask him what's in your hand. Moses had a staff, just a common everyday item. Jesus used common everyday items too. You look all throughout the gospel, we see that Jesus was using wine barrels and turning water into wine. It was just another wine barrel. Jesus was looking at, at fig trees. You saw fig trees everywhere and he, and he spoke to it and it died to show God's power. The team can come up. We see Jesus using a fisherman's net. It's nasty. I mean, I, I don't like to get my hands, you know, it's slimy when you go fishing, you touch the fish and oh, it's not for me. <laughs> Jesus looked at those fishermen. He said, take that net and cast it to the other side. They fished and fished and fished and they just took that net and they cast it to the other side. 
and God's power manifested and their nets were full. God wants to fill your net. He wants your paintbrush to be overflowing. He wants your hairdryer to blow a Holy Spirit anointing wind. Come on. This is Jesus asking you today, what's in your hand? What are your talents? What are your abilities? What, what can you do that, that nobody else can do? What do you have inside of you that God has purposed? He wants to use you. He wants to use your gifts every day. You're, you're what you would say average. God calls it anointed. We serve a savior who turned a fishing net into a teaching tool. I, I love the parallel between Moses and Jesus. See, Moses was a Hebrew that set the Israelites free from slavery. Jesus was a Hebrew that set us free from slavery, slavery of sin. We, we're not worthy to be here. We're separated. The creator created us, but we're separated by sin. We're not good people. As you stand to your feet, see, I'm not as smart as Pastor Daniel, but I'm not gonna go as long as he does, okay? <laughs> Get this. Jesus used what was in his hand. He came to the world. He was totally man. Jesus was totally God in the flesh. He walked on this earth. He, he suffered and and. and triumph through what we go through, anxiety, depression, doubt, unbelief. He conquered it. Jesus's day job was a carpenter. Maybe we have some carpenters in here in this service. Maybe you're watching online, you're a carpenter. Jesus would every day get up and he would sand the, the, the wood and he would hammer the nails in and uh, you know, he'd build a cabinet or he would build a chair. And I just love how Jesus used what was in his hand to fulfill his destiny. They put the cross on him, two beams of wood, and he hauled it up the hill to Golgotha. And they laid him down, his beaten body, bleeding. And they took those nails, nails he was probably very familiar with. And they drove them into his hands and into his feet. And the carpenter used what was in his hand. Oh, I feel something shifting in here. Oh, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We give you the room. Touch and change hearts. And he died for you and me. If you're in this place and, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he's not the center of your life and you're not living for him. I want to give you that opportunity right now. If you just want to get right with him and get your life back on track, no matter what you're going through, just lift up your hand. We want to say a quick prayer. Anybody, anywhere you say, I need to get back in on my on, on track, on the fast track to fulfill my destiny, to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. If that's you anywhere, I want to pray a quick prayer before I move on. We're going to do something special. I see your hand. I want you to pray this with me right now. Maybe even if you don't didn't want to raise your hand. God, forgive me. Pray it. Pray it and believe it in your heart right now. Forgive me for my sin and wash me clean. Jesus, I accept you. If you're praying at home, Jesus, I accept you into my life. I, I, I declare you are the Lord of my life. Now, Holy Spirit, change me. Convict me and empower me every day 
with power and fire to live for Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, I believe that you are born again and angels in, re in heaven are rejoicing and our church is rejoicing for a new believer that just came home. We give you praise. We give you glory, God. We honor you. We don't take it for granted. We don't take it for granted. Wow. Now I want to ask you, I don't know what your day job is, Maybe you're a teacher, maybe you're a, a dental assistant, or you're a doctor, or a lawyer, whatever you, I want you to just step out and make your way down here. Whatever you do, whatever your day job, we're going to pray over you. If you enjoyed today's message, we want to encourage you to join our Facebook online community. Search for Bethel Church online for more great content from our pastors and leaders here at Bethel. Join us next week for another inspiring message.